Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to part two of episode 14, my interview with Steve Hickoff, well-known author and turkey hunting fanatic. And in this part of the episode, Steve is going to tell us his thoughts about using decoys while hunting in the fall. Steve is also going to share with us the story of his most recent successful turkey hunt and the keys to success for that hunt. So without further ado, let's jump right into this part of the episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the other side. Do you use decoys when you hunt in the fall? You know, I don't too much. I have used decoys before. The either sex opportunities being legal, sometimes you have to think about public and private, how many people will be on the property and so on. True. As with all decoys, if if there isn't a lot of turkey, if there isn't a lot of movement in that fake, I don't think that it works in the hardwoods or on a ridge in the big woods. You know, I don't yeah. think they actually see that as a, in my experience, as a decoy. Now, with a spring gobbler, you've got that, if you've got it in a, in a pasture and that bird comes looking and he sees what he's expecting to see, be it hens or a gobbler that he might take out <laughs> and try to bust yeah. up. He's going to be focusing on that. But for some reason in the fall, unless you're using using them in a field situation where they might be flying down in the field and coming towards you. And I've, I guess I've written some pieces on using a lot of decoys, you know, like a waterfowler might. I think it uh-huh. might work in that occasion, in, in that situation. But I don't typically tote them because I've got enough stuff in my backpack, you know, or right. like that. Yeah. I so have, you'd have to have a... You'd have to have a turkey dog and a pack dog, wouldn't you? <laughs> That's right. I can see that both that uh, Deeks would be, you know, a great advantage for guy bow hunting fall turkeys. You know, because yeah. he'd come in, look at the mix of fakes, and then he'd have a better quality shot at that bird. You know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you can use, as you know, you can use all sorts of different techniques depending. I'm by no means a purist. You know, I just want to be out there with the turkeys, hanging out with them and hunting them. And, Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, we talked about turkey dogging. Aside from just the sheer enjoyment of hunting with a dog or hunting behind a dog, just like quail hunters have, pheasant hunters, any other upland bird hunters have, yep. how much of a better bust are you going to get on a flock using a turkey dog than you would, say, trying to bust them on, on foot? Yeah, that's a good question. You get a variety of busts. In fact, I'm I'm letting these turkey dogs out. They want to get out in the yard right now. so <laughs> They can't stand to be cooped uh, up. They hear me talking about stuff, and then they have to get attention. <laughs> but 
anyway, you know, scatters are tricky. Sometimes they scatter them good. A bad scatter is when they split them. And if you, say, split a flock of 20 or 30 turkeys, some of them will go in one direction, some will go in the other. And that's not a good break because they, they seem to be content to be in those bigger groups. Sure. My best dogs do an initial scatter, then they chase singles in different directions. You're going to get a better bust in the woods than you would in the field because in the field situation they can see each other when they're far right. off. And they almost get together in the air. In the woods with terrain and trees and brush and stuff, they're going to be flushing in all different directions, running off and stuff. So that's a good break. In almost all situations, if I do it on foot or with a dog, I always follow up and gather them out of the trees. And, yeah. Uh, that'll get them even further separated. Now, here's where the, you know, I, part of thinking in terms of guys not doing it in the fall a lot, you have to have an extreme amount of patience to trust that when you've scattered 20 or 30 turkeys in a bunch of different directions that they're going to come back. Right. They do come back. Uh, if you've scattered fall longbeards, they might not come back for two hours or four hours, but they do come mm -hmm. back. We've killed birds. It's almost typical of fall longbeards. It'll be two hours before uh, you hear even a yelp, and then they come in a panic. They come in strutting. They come in ready to fight if you're gobbler yelping. Yeah. Um, with younger birds of the year, they might start keying immediately. <laughs> right. So there's less patience involved. But, you know, you have to be sort of willing to trust that turkeys want to be together. And yeah. So, so that's sort of the deal. The dogs... The dogs do it better because, well, you're going to have to put your loaded gun down and run and do it. Or some guys, some of the techniques are shooting into the air to get them scattered. And that, that does work. I don't really like it because you're making a big racket. You're also letting guys know that you're hunting in a certain location. That's true. And so I, I just don't like all that racket. I want to hear the shot when I shoot, but shoot a turkey. So yeah. there are different techniques, but the dogs depending on the dog, do it better than we do, I think. They can course ahead, get among them. For some reason, turkey flocks freeze when they see a dog, too, in the woods. I've seen them just freeze, like, what is this that I have to deal with? And then they sort of look around, run around, putt, and scatter, you know. Yeah. But like other upland guys, you know, whether they're quail hunting down your way or pheasant hunting or hunting grouse or woodcock, it's just fun being out there with the dog. Oh, yeah. And that's that's part of the fun, part of the pleasure, part of the challenge. Again, it's an equalizer when you get them in the bag because when they hear those turkeys coming over the crunchy fall leaves, they want to get their head up and uh, <laughs> see it, you know. But so my best dog, Mitch, who I no longer have, she passed away a couple of years ago, she used to crawl into the bag because she knew the turkeys would come back, you know. Yeah. And she, with any luck, she'd get her mouth on one, so... After I shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now for those who are listening who are not familiar at all with turkey dogging, when, when Steve's saying get in the bag, you carry a bag for the for the dog to get into so that the birds can't see the dog. Yes, exactly. This was a, an innovation that Miss Sue, John Burns' wife, and he created many, many years ago. I was down in Virginia interviewing John back in the 90s for an article and he developed a, just a camo bag with a zipper, and you just train your puppy to get into that bag and settle down in the blind. And their head is out, of course, and it's zippered around their neck just like a coat. Mm -hmm. 
and you know it's camo so you can hide them in the blind and with any luck they settle down and if they run a lot they they snore or they sleep and you know they they get pretty content with that setup if you do it enough on enough turkeys they become really accustomed to it so yeah. a lot of guys utilize that approach you know they have a, a my wife had several made for me as a nice surprise you know before that i'd been using burlap and camo and stuff and, Mm-hmm. Years and years ago, she had got some fabric and had some made, and they're just essential. I, I have one that's for cold weather fall turkey hunting that's lined with fleece, and another one that's late for warm weather. And just slide your dog in there and zipper it up, and he or she's accustomed to being in that situation. They just settle right down. Yeah. Uh, not always, but you know it's harder when they're younger, and it's harder when they haven't run as much on that particular day. But uh, right. yeah, it's just another technique to hide them in the blind. Yep. Yeah. If you have a bad bust on a flock of turkeys, what do you normally do to try to correct that? Do you just try to bust them again? What do you? Yeah, boy, that's that's tricky. You're almost sunk uh, from the beginning. Uh, you can try to follow them up, but they're going to be in the trees. If they run off together, you're you're finished. Yeah. It's it's all different. I mean, you can get a good bust and have birds be very quiet about getting together. Good for instance of this, if you if you have broodless adult hens and you've scattered them, say you've scattered a half a dozen broodless fall hens, they're all adult birds, they mm-hmm. can be the most cagey turkeys that you're ever going to deal with because they, they softly cluck, they softly yelp, they do a lot of visual stuff. Yeah. And they're almost as tough as fall longbirds when you're trying to get them back together. So even though you can scatter them good, they're still going to, they might beat you. Right. So bad scatters are what they are, you know, good scatters too. Turkey doggers, we typically avoid the field scatter because, again, they're going to just get together in the air and then they may be down another ridge, another hollow across a river, whatever. Right. So, yeah, it just is what it is. But you get some good breaks too. And, you know, hunting down there in New York, we had an early break that may have separated the group, and then several hours later we found the sep- one of the separated groups and then we scattered them. That was about eight or nine birds. And then a buddy of mine and I were guiding a guy in from Kansas, and he killed a bird. And then we got out of there and called another buddy, and he brought two guys in, and they killed two birds off of that scatter. So sometimes yeah. you just have to stick with it, you know, Yeah. which is okay, you know, because... If you want a lot of success, that's that would be summertime fishing and uh, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so success in terms yeah. of uh, catching and shooting and killing and all that stuff. Right. But, uh, yeah. You know, I, I just I love it all. I don't. You know, if we have a bad break, it is what it is because we might get a good break a couple hours later. You know. Yeah. Well, I promised you that I would keep you no longer than 30 minutes and we're right at it but i have one more question for you if you'll yeah, spare yeah, a few more I minutes appreciate it. Yeah. okay it's a it's a question that i ask everyone that i have on the show yeah. tell me about your most recent successful turkey hunt and the one or two things that made that hunt a success and now we know you've been doing a bunch of fall hunting so yeah. this is going to give us the opportunity to hear some fall turkey tips okay uh yeah i can i can as a turkey hunter, you'll appreciate this will be a twofold response because. Okay. What day is it now? October the 11th in Maine. After my New York trip, 
I got out on a Saturday morning. I expected a lot of guys to be there because when I had scouted the night before, there were a lot of trucks. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anybody out there because we had a we had a front coming through and it was showery and and rainy. So I was yeah. all alone. That was a success in itself. <laughs> I got I got a little break. I made contact with the birds. I called them in and I killed a nice fall gobbler and an adult hen. So I was tagged out and feeling pretty good about myself. But you know, yeah. turkey hunting. Uh, the following week in New Hampshire, I made contact with birds, and then they vaporized. I couldn't find them. Uh-huh. The next, the next time I was out in New Hampshire. And this was one of my favorite hunts of the year, even though I didn't kill one. It was highs in the 70s. This is just last Wednesday. And it was hot, and I could find no turkeys anywhere I went. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go down this river bottom and just cold call. I cold call, and I made contact with a gobbler. And I heard him at 50, and I knew he had heard me, and I waited. Mm Mm-hmm. And waited, and waited, and he gobbler clucked right behind me, uh, and drifted off. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, now that was a great hunt, man, because it was hot. I went to a river bottom. I made contact with a gobbler. He came in and he one up to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I kind of like that. I like it. it it, uh, I like being humbled after that Saturday hunt. You know, if they were all like that, you probably wouldn't do it as much. So that's that's my feeling yeah. about so-called success in tagging birds and then the the other. I I enjoyed both hunts a lot. Yeah. So. What was the really the one key to your success that Saturday morning, the 11th, when you struck gold and killed a oh, gobbler yeah. into him? Um, seeing a lot of guys there. The Friday afternoon before and not taking it in a disappointing way. Checking the weather yeah. forecast obsessively to see the timing of the storm. Mm-hmm. The fact that everybody slept in and I found myself alone was part of the success. And then yeah. um, having hunted this particular area for almost 25 years, I had a hunch where the turkeys might be roosted with that kind of weather event mm-hmm. and made contact with them, stayed with it. Fortunately, nobody came in later. It started to rain. I hung in there more. It cleared and continued contact, and then they came in. Yeah. You know, but, man, I was there last Saturday. I had to drive by, and there were seven trucks. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's one of those timing, serendipity, good fortune type of deals, you know, where you catch that window when you're alone and you can actually get a pure turkey hunt, you know. And this might not even well, have been turkey hunters out there. It could have been, you know, guys out for uh, for deer with their bows and possibly some turkey hunters. But, yeah, I think it's just keeping at it, paying attention to the birds, looking at opportunity. Weather's a big factor, as you know, just trying to find that window. And I hunt a lot of rainy Drizzly, foggy, nasty days. Yeah. Turkeys. When other guys might might not, you know. That to me is a blessing when you see that opportunity. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Now wind I will think... take the take your ears away as a turkey hunter. You know that. Uh, I don't like wind. Nobody does, but no turkey hunter does that I know. Yeah, I think you know you you've 
hit on several things and and really those tips apply in the spring as well you know and first and foremost you said it you didn't quite say it this way you will not kill a turkey if you do not go turkey hunting (laughs) that's right that's right if you're sleeping in i will guarantee you you won't kill a turkey that day but if you wake up and you go somewhere where there are no turkeys you've got a shot at killing a turkey (laughs) or no turkey (laughs) right yeah Yeah, that's absolutely true So I harp on that a good bit, you know, and people say, well, what, what can I do to, what can, what's the one thing I can do to, to kill more turkeys? Go turkey hunting. We try to hunt. Go every single day. We try to hunt. I try to hunt every day and I, I try to milk it too. Killing, I should say last Saturday, it's an exception with me filling both tags on one day. Usually I try to kill one just to milk it. But on this occasion where I had New Hampshire the following week, all week, I, um, I killed out, you know. And heading to Pennsylvania soon, so you just have to, as you know, just sort of pace yourself right. and um, take them when you can. Pass on, pass on them when you want to. You know, I've done that many times in the spring just to keep hunting. Yep. Um, well, but you're absolutely the, right. If you don't get out there, you're not going to kill one. The trophy is in the hunt, not in the kill. It is, man. It is a little bit of killing, sure. a lot of hunting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's where the fun comes in. Well, Steve, I, I've kept you longer than I told you I would keep you. I really appreciate you, you hanging in there with me this morning and let me pick your brain a little bit and sharing information with all the listeners. And, you know, I probably will try to hook up with you again sometime soon, and maybe we'll do some spring tips if I can catch up with you at the convention. Oh, no problem, buddy. Uh, all right, that sounds good. In. Yeah, let's definitely do that down in Nashville. All right, sounds great. And I'm going to end the recording now, but I want to, just pick your brain for another minute off the recording, if you don't That's mind. Cool. Now, all, all the right. uh, off-the-record questions. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the off-the-record questions. So there you have it. That concludes my interview with Steve Hickoff, noted author and turkey hunting fanatic. Be sure to go and pick up Steve's book on Amazon. It is the Fall and Winter Turkey Hunter's Handbook. Now, I am sure you will find tons of helpful information in there, just like we've gotten bits of that information in this interview. I'm sure you're going to get a lot more from the book. So be sure to get on Amazon, pick that book up, go back to Amazon after you read it, and leave Steve a five-star review on Amazon. And I want to thank Steve again for taking time out of his busy schedule to let me do the interview so that we can get you guys some fall turkey hunting tips. And that's all for this week. Be sure to tune in next week for another exciting episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you spending some time with us. Have a great week. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.